podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to GigPod. Yes, we are back. This is episode number 80 of GigPod and we're going to talk about Celtic's recent win over Aberdeen and I'm joined on this episode by Spunkphone. How you doing, mate? Pleasure to be back, John, and pleasure to be speaking with yourself after a, a Celtic victory. I know me and you've got a bit of rotten luck when we agree to do these podcasts together beforehand. We tend to either drop points or make an arse of it, but... Um, no, a hard-fought victory today and looking forward to discussing it with your good self. That's funny how you said made an arse because that was a secret weapon with Celtic's victory. Carl McGregor's arse. But uh, we'll talk about that in a minute. So, if we talk about the team lineup that was selected first, there was only a couple of changes from the night. Uh, Leela Bada started instead of James Forrest. And Jules McCarthy made a rare start and placed a near beat on. What did you make of the manager's uh, team selection? I wasn't overly shocked. Um, I know obviously James Forrest is, is still working to build up his fitness at the moment. I think we got, what was it, 60, 65 minutes out of him on, on Thursday night. So I, I wasn't surprised to see him drop out the team. Um, Beaton obviously um, had, had taken a knock as well. So um, I was kind of interested, to be honest, to see McCarthy in for the start. Um, obviously, it's not been the smoothest of starts to his Celtic career. Um but no, I, I wasn't overly surprised with the, the manager's team selection today. I think it was sort of as expected for myself. I, I don't know what your thoughts were on it. I was a bit surprised that Forrest didn't start, but then I suppose it makes sense when he's really only just back. And I think we bought McCarthy to play in games like these. But I'm not really sure how well he did. We'll talk about that uh, in a bit. But we took the lead in the first half, and it was an excellent goal. David Tumble with a great piece of vision. He find Carl McGregor, who I thought was excellent today. He'd made a great run into the channel, and he passed the ball to Jota, who finished with aplomb, as he usually does. And that was the sort of goal for me that sort of typifies the sort of football that Ange wants to play. The vision, the movement, the passing. It was a really good goal. It was. It was excellent. It was brilliant to see McGregor making one of those kind of busting runs forward, because I think that's... Sort of one of the instances where he's at his most effective. It's a lovely little chip ball over the top from Tumble, and as you say, Jota dispatches it. Never really looked like it was uh, in doubt, although the keeper did get a, a hand to it there. Um, he was excellent again today, Jota. I know we'll probably talk more about him, but it, he absolutely terrorised um, that boy at right back for Aberdeen today. It wasn't Ramsey, I think it was Gurr. Um, Absolutely terrorised them. There was points as well in the first half where I was really surprised with how Aberdeen set up actually and that they seemed to be quite happy to leave one man on, on Jota for most of the first half and really you could see any time we got the ball and got it forward that it was going into Jota. I sort of tweeted something kind of tongue-in-cheek about it but it made sense because they they were leaving all that space there and, and as I say, one man on him for us to exploit and um, it, was, it was just brilliant again today. In case anybody's wondering, we haven't talked about the events at the start of the game yet. We'll do so later on when we talk about, about Scott Brown. But uh, no, we were 1-0 ahead. And then, hurrah, the referee get involved. 
as Aberdeen, they came close with a shot for Watkins. That was a very good save by Hart. But then our old pal Kevin Clancy uh, awarded a penalty, which was just a tad soft to Aberdeen when Leela Bada was adjudged to have fouled uh, former Rangers legend David Bates. I think it was really more of one of the ones where sort of Bates uh, won it by being smart, I would say, by sort of putting himself in against uh, Abada. So it looked like Abada caught him, but that was a very, very soft decision. It was a very soft decision, but at the same time, it's a classic kind of forwards challenge, isn't it? There's no need for Abada to put his foot in there in the first place with Bates running away from goal. Um, so I was disappointed with, with that, but you're right to say it was a really, really soft one. I'd like to see it again because I only... Only showed a kind of handful of replays, watching obviously on Celtic TV, but um, it, it was definitely a, a soft penalty. But unfortunately, I bad I think gave the the referee a decision to make, and as we see more often than not with referees in this country, you know they'll 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 fall for it. Yep, uh, it was really a daft challenge. It was soft, but it was I don't know what a bad I was thinking. So after Aberdeen equalised, we sort of. We didn't really play well. It turned into the... It reminded me a bit of the game against Dundee United or that terrible game against Livingston where Aberdeen were happy to put men behind the ball and we didn't really like breaking them down. And I'm glad to say, though, we really started the setting half well. We created a couple of chances and then we took the lead with one of the strangest Celtic goals I've seen in a long, long time. James McCarthy, who had a interesting game, put the ball through with a good bit of vision to find a badder. His shot was saved by Lewis. It broke out to Johnny Hayes and he cleared it right into the path of Callum McGregor's arse, would have to say. <laughs> the ball rewarded into the empty net. That was a very, very strange goal, but we really needed it. It was in, in bizarre circumstances, but um, we're kind of at that stage of the season. Obviously, the, the real busy schedule in December's coming up, but it is at that point where you just need to kind of grind out the victories. And I think today, overall, was, was one of those performances. But the, the winning goal, I think, really um, really encapsulated it. It, it wasn't a vintage by any means. But um, no, certainly with the, the, the kind of situation at the moment, and Rangers obviously winning earlier on today to go seven points clear in the meantime, um, we'll take what we can get. And like you say, it's a... A bizarre goal. It was actually an excellent ball through from McCarthy, to be fair. And Abada, I think this was just before he got hooked. Unfortunately, obviously, didn't didn't take his opportunity the first time around. And thankfully, our old pal Johnny Hayes was on hand to set Callum McGregor up. Yep, and I thought McGregor deserved that goal. It was excellent. And then we had another couple of chances before the end of the game. Jota was put in after a brilliant McGregor back heel. And his shot hit the outside of the post. And then a good pass, uh, I think it was by Mikey Johnson. It was a counter-attack, and his shot was saved by Joe Lewis. At the other end, Aberdeen had one real chance, and uh, Juranovic was in the right place at the right time. He had Lewis Ferguson's uh, header off the line. I think Hart was just going to be beaten. But it finished 2-1, and it was really one of the games where the result was more important than the performance. I really, We actually played better in stages on Thursday than we have either last week when we beat St. Johnson or today when we beat Aberdeen. I think we played better uh, in the second half, especially against uh, Leverkusen. But no, as you said, with Rangers winning earlier, it was just about grinding out that win. And the now, with this ridiculous schedule we've got, it's all about wins rather than results. I mean, I'd hope in the week ahead we can maybe like go 2 or 3 nil up and have the game won early on. But I have my doubts about that. But no, 
today was all about the three points. Do you agree with that? Absolutely, and, and we're going to see, I think, more more games um, reminiscent of the one today, I think, over the, the coming month or so with how busy the schedule is. Starting, obviously, on Thursday night, which we'll, we'll come on to in a moment. But, um, yeah, I, I think it was just about getting the, the three points today. The difficulty is, you kind of touched on there with thinking that in the second half against Leverkusen, we were probably better than we were against either St. Johnson last week or Aberdeen this week. It's the difficulty, isn't it, when we play domestically, you see it with Kyogo at times, for example, and he's not getting as much space to run in behind because these teams have got two banks of four or one of five and another of four in front. And, and trying to find the space, um, you'd kind of draw a comparison to the, the, the Livingston game or the, the two Livingston games now. It, it can be really difficult and it is at times just about grinding out the, the three points. And um, like I said, I think we'll see a few few more performances um like that over the, the coming month or so but but hopefully you know we, we do still see on on occasion the sort of football that we've come to associate with Ange in the, the early part of his tenure yep I hope so but now before we go on to the Celtic players and how they performed today a word for Scott Brown who was making his long-awaited return to Celtic Park after leaving in the summer after so many years of success of course he was denied the chance to say goodbye to the fans last season because of the, the game has been behind closed doors and they got a great reception. Him and Callum McGregor uh, laid flowers in the centre, reefs in the centre circle before the game was a tribute to Bertie Old. And it was he actually, I actually thought he played well for uh, Aberdeen. He was one of their more composed players in a more defensive type of role. And he got injured in the second half. He'd done his hamstring in. And he got a standard ovation by the fans, and rightfully so, because Scott Brown is a Celtic legend. And it was good that he got that chance to get the chance to say, Cheerio to the fans today because I have my doubts that we're going to be playing Aberdeen at Parkhead again this season. I don't think they'll be in the top six, but that was good to see Brown getting that reception today. And that bit at the start of the game was uh, very touching scenes. It was a great tribute to Bertie. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely spot on. Two really nice moments. Um, Brown obviously going off, and as you say, it was a shame that he never got the opportunity to say goodbye to the support last year because of the pandemic. Um, I thought he did play well again today, and, and I thought even up at Petodre earlier in the season as well, where in similar circumstances he had to to go off injured. I thought he was one of the better players against us as well, so yeah, he'll be frustrated, obviously. He wants to play 90 minutes week in, week out. He's getting that wee bit older now, and it's getting a bit more more difficult for him now, I'm sure, as we, we saw at points last season, but you're right to say, an absolute legend for Celtic especially in the, the modern era and it was good for him to get that reception today as well before kick-off um, him and McGregor, the two captains two kind of icons I suppose at Celtic in the last 10-15 years as well, um, laying the race in the centre circle for Bertley and then the um, kind of tribute to him before the game as well with him uh, singing the Celtic song, playing over the, the tannoy I thought was a really nice touch as well so yeah, it was nice to, to see a full Celtic Park playing tribute to him as well, I know we obviously had the Tributes at Hamden last week, um, but it was good to see it back at back at Celtic Park today, and great for Scott Brown as well to be involved in that. Yep, it was a it was a pity we ended for Bruno last season with Celtic being so crap to tell the truth, but no, that was great for him today. I'm sure he loved that off the fans. So now let's talk about the performance of some of the players today, and I think a major problem you now is Celtic's midfield. It's so slow at times, and unfortunately, I have to blame James McCarthy to an extent for that. I know he, he did well for the goal. That was a really smart pass to Abada uh, that led to the winning goal. But I just feel he slows the game down too much. And I think near Beaton would be a much better option. As I was saying to our fearless leader, uh, Stevie, before the podcast, 
I think Beaton had one of his best Celtic games ever against Leverkusen. He was absolutely fantastic. He was far better than McGregor, who I didn't think played well at all on Thursday. He was he was really good today. I think I, I actually think he was man in a match. We'll talk about that in a wee bit. But I don't know. I'm just not sure about McCarthy. I really think it was a bit weird giving him such a long-term deal. And I really think he slows the play down too much. And I think we're badly missing Tom Rogic. I was hoping he'd be back today. I'm doubtful that he'll be back for Thursday. It'd be great if even to have him on the bench to put him on and cause Hearts some problems. But I really think... I know people have been uneasy at times about the defence, but the defence is still the best in the league. And we're still joint top goal scorers. We're still scoring goals. But if the midfield is not on song, especially when it's against a team that have got men behind the ball... That causes us real problems. We've had it already at Celtic Park this season against Dungeon United and Livingston and against St. Johnston when we won. Like, that was a, a mistake and a penalty that were the goals. And today, that first goal was a good goal and we did use the midfield well. The second goal was a bit of a freak goal, but McCarthy did do well with the pass. But I really do think the midfield's really, really slow at times and we're missing Beaton and we're missing Drogic. I'm really surprised how much we're missing Beaton. He's... I think he's probably undervalued as a player because, like he said, to play at centre half so often he's been sent off a couple of times. But I think he's a big miss, and the sooner him and Rodrick are back together, eh, the better. So, what do you make of that? And what do you make of McCarthy's performance take? Because I think he sort of slows the game down too much for us. Well, we praised him obviously for that pass through to, to Abada shortly before McGregor put his ahead, but I, I think you're spot on. He did slow the game down at points. Um, Try to remember a few kind of instances there. I can think of one in the first half where it was Jota and Juranovic were both over on the left hand side, sort of two v one, and McCarthy spends a few seconds just dallying on the ball, and in the end, just elects to put it back to McGregor. Um, there was a few kind of times like that as well when he was looking for a pass. I, I think it was a good, good example actually in the second half. Um, Tony Ralston was sort of wide open on the right hand side, and again, McCarthy just doesn't get his head up and kind of takes the easy option to go back to one the centre-half, so to play it sideways. It's one of those ones where he's, he's not played a lot of football, so naturally his, kind of, his match fitness, his sharpness isn't going to be there, but I, I think it is something that's a, certainly a concern a game like today where you, you know, you're playing against these teams that are prepared to just sit with two banks of four or you know, five and then four in front, and you're trying to break them down, and really you need the, the midfield to be a bit more proactive in trying to do that. That was a, a disappointing factor today, and it's been a disappointing factor, I think, whenever he's played. I never thought I would say this in the year 2021, but we did miss Neil Beaton today, so hopefully he will be will be back soon. Tom Rogic, I think, Ange, I was reading after the game there, said that there is a good chance he'll be back for Thursday, so whether that's to start or off the bench... Um, It'd be, be good to have him, obviously, back in there as a reinforcement. I think in January that has to be one of the the real priorities is bringing in, you know, one or two players to to play in those midfield positions. Beaton, I think, has played all right in, in recent weeks, but ultimately I'd like to still get someone else in there to play that kind of number six role and, and then allow Neil, eh, not Neil Beaton, sorry, allow Callum McGregor to sort of plays one of the eights, play a bit further forward and make sort of runs like he did, for example, for the first goal today. So, yeah, I, I think that's got to be a priority in January is to address the, the lack of depth in that midfield. Aye, it's definitely a place where we could maybe, I don't think it'll happen, but I'd be quite happy to see he's by two players for midfield. But I think that I'd probably be going a bit too far when you consider how many midfielders we've got in the team. And Callum McGregor there, as you said, that Ronnie made for the first goal, I thought he was excellent today. He was everywhere. I really was disappointed in him on Thursday. I thought 
I don't know, it was, it was weird. I mind for years people always said, oh, how come he doesn't play as well for Scotland as he does for Celtic? And now I think he's probably playing better for, for Scotland with that midfield uh, trio with McGinn, with McGinn and uh, Billy Gilmore. That's our best Scotland midfield I've seen in a long time. And recently it has looked better for Scotland than for Celtic. I think that's probably because of injuries. Maybe, unfortunately, the Scotland midfield is a bit better than Celtic's at the moment. But... I really thought McGregor was excellent today. It was like the old Callum McGregor was everywhere. That back heel he done for Jota at the, towards the end of the game. He set up that show off the post. was fantastic. Great uh, football intelligence here. And he was in the right place in the right time for that goal. which really was a very, very strange goal. But if it helps us win the league, we'll take it. And he was... You could see how delighted he was with the goal. And you could see how delighted he was last week, you know, when he was celebrating at the end of the St. Johnson game. I really think... He thinks he takes a pride in being a Celtic captain. You can see how animated and pumped up he is when like we win big games or like the day with that goal. And we need him to keep up a level of performance because we've got some difficult games coming up this week, which we'll talk about more in a couple of minutes. But no, I thought this that was McGregor's best performance in a while today. More of that, please, Cal. Aye, absolutely. He's, he's really um, he's really grown in the role as, as captain. I think. Um, him and Brown are obviously entirely different players, but they're they're both leaders. You can tell when you see him out there on the on the pitch, and he really leads by example, McGregor as well. You're right in saying I, I was a little bit disappointed with him on Thursday night. I don't think it was his, his best game by any stretch of the imagination, but he was excellent today. I know Jota, I think, in the end wound up getting man of the match, but I think for me and yourself as well, um, talking beforehand, I, I think Callum McGregor really was the the man of the match for us today. A uh, quick word on Kyogo as well. He had a quiet game by his standards, but he does so much work for the team. It's absolutely ridiculous. He constantly was giving Joe Lewis problems by putting him under pressure when he was taking kickouts and putting the Aberdeen defence under pressure. And he was absolutely knackered by the end of the game, and he was replaced by a Jetty uh, in injury time. I was a bit surprised he never got took off for maybe 10, 15 minutes earlier, but maybe Ange. So I decided after the Leverkusen game, I better not like, take off two or three or better players at the same time. And it paid off because we won. But no, I thought, even though he had a quiet game by his standards, I thought Hugo was very, very good. He does all the, the, the dirty work, the, the work the strikers like always need to put in, like the shift. He, work, he works so hard. And it's just a pity that at the moment we've not got any other striker that's anywhere near good enough as him to replace him. Like, he, he could probably be doing... <laughs> I know we've talked about this before, and I was correct critical of the substitutions and the idea of no starting them games, but I think he, he really could do a rest, but we can't rest them until I don't know when, because none, none of the games, well okay, Betis, I suppose we could rest them against Betis, but then I suppose that's still a big game prestige wise, even though it doesn't really matter anything to Celtic, it would help if GG was fit again and we could maybe start him in that game, but no, I thought uh, Kyogo was excellent today, he does all the, the, the good work a striker should, the the work that like doesn't get you the goals, but he constantly put players under pressure. That was in a way one of his best games of the season, just for how much pressure he put Aberdeen under. I thought he was excellent again today. N- never scored, and apart from his, his chance towards the end of the game, I don't really remember him getting a sniff at an opportunity apart from that. But he, he does all the dirty work and, and always will. It's one thing you know you're, you're getting with Kyogo, and um, you're certainly not getting with, with a Yeti. Um, he was blown at his arse now. End of the five minutes that he played today, <laughs> um, but no, I, I I think this is a thing with Kyogo again. It, it's difficult because what he wants is space to run in behind, 
I mean, you've got an opponent like St. Johnson last week at Aberdeen today that are prepared to just sit back and absorb the pressure. There's no space for them to make their runs, so it is difficult. It's difficult to obviously feed the the ball through to him the the way that he wants and, and the way that he plays off his shoulder, which he's he's so so good at, and it's how he's been so effective, I think, in the European games. But that other side to his game where he's prepared to to kind of do the the hard running um, really paid off for us today, and, and I thought he was excellent despite not um, really getting much of a a sniff at goal. Yep. So before we talk about uh, the games this week and this Celtic schedule that's non-stop. Uh, I was looking at social media earlier, and the, I saw that uh, this. I think it's this, the fans in the standing section. I'm not sure about it, but I think is I've refused to leave Celtic Park in protest about the imminent appointment of Bernard Higgins, and I think that there'll be a, probably a lot more protests of that sort in the coming weeks and months ahead. And as you know, there was that letter that was uh, sent to Celtic this week where. All the lots and lots of like signatures of fan media and supporters clubs, etc., and gig pod were on it. And I think these protests will keep going on, and I can't really blame him for joining the protests. Yeah, I, I seen that there, and um, I think as we're recording, they are still inside Parkhead. Um, it was obviously the the standing section there, so the Green Brigade, and um, I seen it looked to be boys as well in their kind of section in the the upper um, upper tier. So it, like, it's going to go on. For as long as this is um, still in the pipeline, it'll only get worse if, if they do actually go ahead with it. I was hoping that at Dundee, last time I was actually on talking to, to Stevie, that um, that would kind of be the the end of it. But clearly they seem to still be adamant that this is the, the right thing to do. Once again, just showing complete contempt for the supporters and the people that finance the club. But, um, you know, it, it's not a surprise at all now how tone deaf the the hierarchy at Celtic are. Um, but there's, we keep saying there's no way they can go ahead with this appointment, but uh, as long as these protests continue, which which they will, I don't think it will change their mind. I, I, I think they just have such contempt for the fan base that, unfortunately, they seem adamant to, to push on with it anyway. But no, fair play to all the people staying behind tonight, and I'd imagine we'll see another protest in some form on Thursday night as well. Yep, fair play to them. So let's talk about our week ahead. We won't bother covering the games in the next few weeks because it would be politics about an hour to go through how many games Celtic have got to play in the weeks ahead. But we've got Hearts on Thursday night. It'll be once again after Rangers have played. They're playing on Wednesday night when they face uh, Habs at Easter Road. And then we've got a trip to Tandice to take on Dungeon United on Sunday at lunchtime. I think we'll be playing first that weekend. So that'll be two hard games and we'll need to play well to get the full points. I've been surprised by Hearts this season because when we played them, we've played them twice this season. The first time, of course, was the first game of the season when we memorably recorded a, a truly sad podcast after it because we were so downcast, we are getting beat. But we should have drew that game at the very least when you consider that we had a goal chopped off or nothing and Gordon made the two saves at the end. We played them in the League Cup, we beat them 3-2, but no joke, that really could have been 7-8-2. or eight two. It was Edward and Kyogo in that brief spell they had together, and they just destroyed Hearts, just to hammered them. And I'm sure our old pal Andy Hard will be there playing as well, so the fans will give him a nice reception, no doubt. And Craig Gordon as well, the world's greatest goalkeeper. But no, that'll be a tough game, and Dundee United, we know how well they've played this season. They've beat Rangers, they drew with us at Parkhead. Another game we probably should have won. I mean, I know people are going about how United never got a penalty, but 
weird chances and must have won that game. So what are your thoughts ahead of these games? Yeah, it's two big games and um, it's unfortunate as well that we're, we're playing obviously the Thursday and then the the Sunday um, with Rangers obviously on Wednesday, Saturday. So once again, they're ahead of us, which only sort of adds to the, the pressure. Obviously, I think that the scheduling is just Sky trying to get as many of these games on this week as they can. I think Motherwell are on the Tuesday night as well. So it's a real, a real feast of uh, Scottish football shown by our uh, good pals at Sky this week. Yeah, I, I, th- I think in terms of the two games ahead, obviously, Hearts have, have kind of dropped off actually in, in recent weeks and then obviously get back to winning ways yesterday against St Mirren. So um, I'm sure it'll be another tough test for us and then going to Tannadice as well is never going to be easy so hopeful that, that again we can get the, the six points and stay um, hot in the heels of Rangers but um, it's going to be too difficult test there and um, I, I think it will be another two where maybe we have to put the pretty football to one side and maybe just grind out to uh, two results again a bit like today and uh, last week against St Johnston as well Aye, that's what I was going to say. I'll be about uh, grinding out results. I don't think there'll be pretty games. I mean, it'd be great if we like bully three 0 ahead for half time in both of them, but I, I doubt that's going to happen. But no, I mean, we'll need to play well to win them, and they're two stern tests. But if we do get the six points, I mean, it'll be a feather in the cap for Ange to show that we mean business in the weeks ahead. Then we've got like, after the best game, and I think we might be playing a. I don't know, might make some changes for that because it's like a meaningless game, really. But no, it'll be two big games, and we'll, I'm not sure if we'll be back after Thursday, because our fearless leader, Stevie, is going to the, the game on Thursday, and we might end up just being back next Sunday, but we'll need to wait and see for that. So, it's bunk phone, mate. Thanks very much for being in the pod this week. Pleasure as always, John. And you can catch us in all the usual places. Uh, leave us five stars, reviews, tell us how great we are, etc., etc. We may be back after the Hearts game, we'll let you know. But if not, we'll be back after the Dungeon game and go over this yet another big week for Celtic. Non-stop, relentless Celtic and gig pod action. What a treat for y'all. Oh, and of course, uh, we've got the a Celtic State of Mind charity event. They're doing another 24-hour charity podcast event next weekend. And we're going to be on that. We'll let you know uh, on social media when that's going to be. Or Stevie will let you know when it's going to be. But well, uh, so we'll be doing maybe an extra podcast next weekend. Who knows? Maybe, maybe two podcasts, gig pod podcast next weekend. Well, that'd be lucky for the fans, wouldn't it, Spunk Phone? No comment. <laughs> right, okay, back to Spunk Phone. Speak to everybody soon. Uh, we'll probably we'll be back next week. So speak to you all soon and hail hail. Podcast Network.